0: Welcome to Your Family and Your Retirement with Abe Ashton.
1: We do have a lot to talk about today concerning finances, but Abe, when I saw this from CNN, I thought, you know what? It's a little awkward. I've got to talk to Abe about it on the radio for everyone to hear.
0: (laughs) Well, I I can't wait for this, and I don't even know what it is, so now you're going to catch me. Let's hear it.
1: So the fact that so many young couples have been cooped up inside with no place to go raises a very interesting question. Can we expect to see a coronavirus baby boom? Well, CNN says that according to researchers, which, by the way, what kind of major do you have to research this type of thing? But anyway, the answer is no, <laughs> because it's not the kind of environment in which people say, you know what, let's bring a child into the world. Now's a great time. We're financially stable. I get that. But Abe, we're also human. You and your wife, you and your husband, whoever's listening today, you're at home. You've watched. Wait, everything wait, wait! I want to know if
0: you're asking me what's going on in my home.
1: How oh no, Are, no, no, are, no. You, are no, you saying no, no, this no. is
0: what's going on in my house?
1: No, 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 no! I do Listen, not want to Kristen, know the answer to that. Kristen,
0: we are not making babies in my house. Let me just tell you that. Well, the Six reason I knew is better
1: is you have said <laughs> that over and over.
0: <laughs> Six is enough. Six is enough. Uh,
1: Eight is enough. You're two away from a TV show. Come on, no, no, Abe.
0: I don't need it. I don't need it. We're, we're done, 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 <laughs> done. We're, we're, we're now thinking about grandchildren. That's how old I'm getting. It's Now now we're looking at grandchildren.
1: Well, I said young couples. What made you think I was calling you young? Come on, Abe, focus. I'm young,
0: I'm young at heart.
1: <laughs> I will say you're very grown with a calculator. You've been helping people in and near retirement with their finances for so many years that you lose track after a while. 20, how many?
0: I've been doing this for 23 years.
1: 23 years. Yeah. I saw a study by PayScale, and apparently that's a workplace compensation company, warning that it could take some as long as five years to financially recover from this downturn. Now, Abe, I know several folks who were planning to retire in the next two years or so. Is it still going to be possible in most cases for people to do that? For some, it will. For the majority, it will not. For some, they will have to
0: reconsider their plans and change a few things. But for most people, I think that this will be kind of one of those hiccups in the overall retirement plan. But if someone was invested um, incredibly riskily, if they were taking quite a bit of risk and they're very close to retirement, it could add a couple of years to their plans on when to retire. Or Mm -hmm. even worse, if someone retired just at the end of 2019 and did not adequately change or adjust their strategy to reflect someone who's more conservative or should be more conservative during this distribution phase of life Then yeah, they they might want to look at going back to work. You know, big losses in the first couple of years of retirement can have a dramatic effect on the future. And I've talked to people who who have either heard us on the radio or a podcast and who have called into our office and said, "Hey, how will this affect me long term? I was supposed to retire next year, or I just retired last year." And my question is always the same: Well, how were you invested? You know, we sit down with our investment advisors and we talk to them, and we look at where they were at, and often we're able to calm people down mm-hmm. and say hey it's it's not going to be as bad as you may have been led to believe that it's going to be and then for other people like okay hey you've got to take a breath here and here's the issue this this kind of uh, fall this kind of volatility has come at the worst possible time which is 10 years into a real decent bull run in the market mm-hmm. right we just got so complacent we could go back and listen to our shows kristen for the last five years of okay. how We have been preaching conservative retirement strategies forever, Mm -hmm. right? But we've been doing it in a time where it was very unpopular. Yes, You know, people be like, why be conservative right now? Look at the market, look at the market, look at the market. And we said the same thing. It's not based on the market. It's not based on what it will or won't do. It's based on you. How many times have you heard me say, look at the person in the mirror and that should develop your risk tolerance? I don't want to say this
1: every single show, but pretty often.
0: It's. I mean, I'm getting sick of hearing myself saying it, so I can't imagine poor you or our <laughs> listeners. But it but takes But there's a reason
1: you say it.
0: Right, and it takes something like just what's happened, right, with COVID nineteen. It takes mm-hmm. these kind of volatility to say, okay, all right, this is what Abe was talking about at the stage of my life. Am I invested appropriately? And often, unfortunately, that goes against the kind of conventional wisdom. I talk to people all the time who go into financial planners' offices and investment advisors' offices and and they go in and they say, no, 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 you just need this well-balanced portfolio and it needs to all be in the market. It needs to be all in mm-hmm. because that's what you do. I'm like, well, that might be different for somebody who's 45 versus someone who is 65 right at retirement age. So anyway, I know we've talked about it so, so often that I hate to, to beat that dead horse. But when you do have one of those world events mm-hmm. or those financial events that says, ah, maybe that guy's not just an idiot after all. <laughs> Maybe they actually know what they're talking about a little bit there.
1: Except for Kim, your wife. She does not agree with that statement. No,
0: she thinks I'm an idiot all the time, and she would be true.
1: That's how it goes. Truthfully, hindsight is 20-20. I mean, looking back, if we had known this was coming in February, we would have made drastic changes. But none of us had a crystal ball, because that type of thing doesn't exist. But... Because of what has started in February and continuing on and off, all of the attention has been on the markets, and understandably so. But times like these can make us forget about other parts of financial planning, like tax concerns with our portfolio, estate planning. And that's just too off the top of my head. So, Abe, what do you think? Should we keep our focus on stocks and Wall Street, or should we be taking a broad look at our overall financial life?
0: I think it's always best to start with the big picture. You know, it was Franklin Covey who one of his key principles was start with the end in mind. And that can't be more true in finance than anything else, right? Which is that if you start with what your overall goal is, which is to have financial freedom and security throughout your life and especially through retirement, well, if that's our broad, then we say, okay, now let's let's start to work backwards from there. Do taxes have a piece of that? Does estate planning? Does investments? Does spending habits and living on a budget? All of those things then become a part, and you start to go from this macro perspective to a micro perspective, and and you start to look at each little thing. And I mean, we start to plan for you know uh, a death in the family. We start to plan for spouses, parents. We start to look at health care and the costs associated with health care. Mm-hmm. You know the fact that the average Average retired couple will spend over $300,000 in health care expenses okay. during their retirement.
1: I've got to interrupt you there, Abe. Real life is hitting me with what you're saying because I feel that in the last week, my parents and I, because my mom's had a rough patch with her health, have probably spent $300,000 on health care. Right. I joke about that, but the electric lift that goes up the stairs, buying one of those All these different things for the bathroom to make it more accessible for her because she had a drastic downturn when it comes to her back. And it happened because she lost her best friend since age 12. Emotionally, it took a toll on all these problems she already had. I'm spending more time helping them out, helping them get things installed. And Abe, we're about to turn on a long-term care policy over here.
0: Forgive me for putting you on the spot here, but I think it's fair for our listeners to know that you're working remotely now, yes. all the way from the other side of the country, South from where Carolina, we're at, Yes. because you are with your parents. And, and, and I
1: am the home health aide until the home health aide gets here.
0: Right. I think that when we talk about the financial costs, it's easy to get laser focused on that. And let's just take, for, for example, one one purchase. Let's talk okay. about the stair lift. Whew. All right. Shopping the financial for that cost alone
1: is overwhelming because of the cost.
0: All right, give me an idea of what it costs in in South Carolina for a stair lift to be installed ready to go plug and play in the home.
1: Anywhere from $2,000 to $6,000. All
0: right. So, we've got we've got this big expense there, and then was that covered at all by Medicare? is that just out of pocket? <laughs> Okay so there's your answer folks. <laughs> I'm sorry there... I have all of that. So 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 when you start with things like that all right so then there's a couple of things that go along with it. One is yes the easiest one is the financial cost there, mm-hmm. all right? And and you think about that, okay, well, mom had some savings or dad had some savings or we, we knew that there was some money that we were gonna have to make, some changes to the house, then you're scheduling somebody to come into your home to do it. But one of the things that's the biggest, and, and Kristen, stop me if I'm out of line here at all, but one of the things that sometimes is the hardest both for the children and mm-hmm. for the parents in this situation is that becomes a real, tangible, financial, physical, emotional, purchase right Mm -hmm. where it's Mm -hmm. not just this cost six thousand dollars it's not just that we have a worker in the house we now have to accept my mom has to accept and i have to accept that we're in a place today where my mother can no longer walk up the stairs
1: it's okay because it's real life and i know that there are people listening that relate to it but you are hitting this dead on because i'm an only child i'm pushing 40 i'm not married It's just me and my parents in this type of situation. And my dad has Parkinson's, hopefully having brain surgery in the summer so that he can move better to better help her. But because he has Parkinson's, that's why I'm here. He can't do all of this. And it's so weird for me to help my mom stand up every time she stands up. It's so weird to be the cook in this house. It is so weird for me, Abe, to be making the decisions that the woman of the house makes.
0: And this role reversal, because the financial stuff, that's easy, right? That's basic mathematics that we learn when we're in third grade about plus and minus and multiplication. And we talk about the financial stuff as if it is the most complex. And because it's the scariest and most tangible that we can wrap our heads around. But when you realize and when you start to go through it, and unfortunately, you're learning and having this firsthand experience. And, And I've talked to so many dozens of people in my office where I've talked to the children, I've talked to the parents and the spouses supporting and caring for another spouse, understanding psychologically. And and, and I'm no shrink here. I'm I'm just somebody who deals with what you're dealing with in conversations every single week. Mm. And it is different from one side of the conference table to one side of the kitchen table. And I respect and, and appreciate that. But preparing people for understanding that when you have the role reversal of I'm parenting my parents now, Mm -hmm. I'm caring for them, and I'm looking for who's still in charge. Mm -hmm. It's one of the first things that kids tell me. And when I say kids, I'm talking about 45, 50, 60-year-old kids when they lose their parent. They're saying, now that my parents are gone, now that my mom is gone, now that my dad is gone, or now that they can't care for themselves, I'm looking around like, Who's in charge? Yes. Is it really me? It is really the weirdest
1: me? moment when that happens. And I remember when it started happening to me, because this has been a slow climb, and there is good news I do want to share, is that my mom is a candidate for a back surgery that could greatly improve her pain and her enjoyment in life. But she got set back after losing her friend. We're just waiting on a cardiologist appointment to happen and be approved to have the surgery. So, right,
0: if her, if her heart can take the surgery, absolutely. then that, that gets her in the door. Good. So
1: I'm praying that that is going to work out and that that's God's plan. But of course, I have to think about the other option. Can I be here forever? I don't know.
0: You can't. You can't because you've got to live your life. And we're not going to get into all the statistics of how often the caregivers end up aging faster and have more issues than Mm. those they were giving care for. There are all sorts, especially in memory care. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not the conversation we want to have right now. But what I do want to talk about is this conversation to say, okay, knowing now what you could not have known even one month ago. Mm Mm-hmm right, or even two months ago, what would you tell Kristen, right, if you could go back in time and just say, if I could give any advice to Kristen two months ago, go back and talk to yourself, or six months ago, whatever that, before the defining time where you knew that that you were really going to be in this and, and feel way overwhelmed in and over your head, how would you tell yourself to prepare emotionally, financially, professionally at work? What would you tell yourself?
1: Well, I'm joking by saying this but not really. I'm quite out of shape and I am feeling that now that I am lifting and hammering things in and fixing things around the house and hauling things up and downstairs and doing all this cleaning at their home, so I would have tried to take better care of myself. Mom and dad have always said they want me to live their own life and, you know, they worry about themselves, but I will say I would have come home more often so that I was better in tune Because on FaceTime, you don't see these things. You don't see how immobile someone is unless they're walking. And who walks on FaceTime unless you're a teenager? (laughs) So I would have been more in tune so that maybe I could have gotten a grasp on this when it wasn't an emergency. Maybe. I see.
0: And I know you and I know you're not out of shape. So it's interesting Mm. that that is that that's one of those things. Quarantine
1: 15 is like for real. (laughs) 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 Anyway.
0: But here's my point with this. If we can't learn, and that's part of the point of why we do this broadcast, if we can't learn from one another if we can't share these experiences as they're happening real-time and difficult. We had a client, um, a new client, who happens to be the mother-in-law of one of my best friends, all right? And this couple that I've known for the last 20 plus years. Her mother um, came to us just about a year ago and just wanted to roll over her 401k from her employer. Okay, And because of her age and of being over 70 years old, we went very conservative just in a fixed account with no market risk. And um, anyway, she got really sick this last year okay. and she ended up passing away First of all, whenever you're dealing with family and friends' money, as a p- professional and financial professional, you would say, listen, I treat everyone's money the same. Mm-hmm. However, the consequences of something going wrong with family and friends, you can look at and say, man, it would be much more dramatic to have to look a family member or friend and say, oh, sorry, your mom's money is blah, 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 you know, whatever right. happens. So we treat everybody the same, but personally, the consequences if you make a mistake might feel different. I would I would imagine a surgeon feels yeah. the same way, right? When they're, when they're saying, oh, operating on a stranger is one thing, operating on... My best friend's son yes. might feel a little differently. I would still do the same level of care, but if something went wrong, you'd take it that much more personally. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how I felt, but when she passed away, Jane, we'll just use Jane for, for our example here, Jane passed away, and um, it was, as I was talking to her daughter, one of our close friends, and her and her husband are very close friends of ours, She's saying, Abe, I feel like I'm in denial, like she couldn't get into the hospital because of coronavirus, it, her, it was after a hip surgery that went bad, and, and her mm-hmm. health, she never left the hospital after a hip surgery. I am and so
1: afraid of that in my world.
0: She would yes. had some pre-existing conditions okay. that were, that were significant, mm. and so, but with this COVID nineteen, she couldn't even see her mom uh-huh. before she passed I've had away.
1: Family members going through that too—it's awful.
0: Right, and and so to understand that, and then her, she said, "Well, one thought that coming to my mind was, wow, what a terrible." And she said, "I feel like a terrible daughter," but I actually thought this, and and you should know that this family is financially secure. All right, okay. this younger couple, our friends, they're financially secure. But she said, "I thought, oh man, what a terrible time to die for my mom's retirement accounts." The market's just all gone down. She knew that her mom had moved her money over with us, and she'd referred us to her to us. But she thought, "Oh, I couldn't have been a worse time financially." Here it is; she just passed away while things were at the bottom, or near the bottom. And I said, "Oh, oh, we actually had taken your mom's money, and we had moved it all to fix. She was just too old to have any risk." And she was like so grateful and so happy. Because she realized that her mom, that was not one of the things she was worrying about Mm. this last couple of months. Mm. Now, we had the granddaughter and grandson up at the house this weekend as friends, and we were talking with the granddaughter of this client of ours, and she was talking about, yeah, I miss my grandma. It doesn't feel real because... We haven't even had any sort of a, a funeral, a or, anything, funeral yeah. or any sort of arrangements right now because we can't get together. And so it doesn't feel like there's any closure. It's so but rough. At the, but at the same time, my grandma wasn't really the same grandma the last year. Right. She was in pain. She was a different person. Mm-hmm. And so having these types of conversations out loud and saying, okay, what is the emotional cost? What is the physical cost that you just mentioned? How do we talk with one another about this very difficult topic, Mm -hmm. right, which is death, our mortality, our health, and our ability to get around? It is a part of our reality. It's part of this human experience. It's part of what we learn as being a part of this life. But if we can't talk about it in a frank conversation with one another, certainly you and I, we Mm -hmm. get to have these conversations regularly. Well, and we've been
1: friends for seven years here.
0: (laughs) For a long time, Yeah. right? And so, but to be able to also say, How do we tell one another, and how do we tell one another to have those conversations with your kids, with your grandkids, with your parents, with, you know, to be able to have those conversations before they're happening so you can say, listen, if it comes to a long-term care facility, even before you're ready, I want you to put me there. Mm. You know, Do not do this for me no matter how much you love me. I do not want to be in your home. I have a lot of clients who feel that way. Mm -hmm. I talk to people all the time who say, well, I have a lot of people say, take me out in the desert and shoot (laughs) me. And that's always the joke. Nobody wants that, but everybody wants that, right? At Mm -hmm. at a certain level of incapacity. Mm -hmm. But to have a conversation that you can tell someone, take the burden Mm -hmm. off of a daughter, right? And to say to Kristen, just so you know, I don't want this to be a decision you have to make. So if this, then that, right. And I know you're not at that point with your mom yet, but if your mom tells you, because she is still able to communicate with you Mm -hmm. clearly, even though physically her body is very in a difficult situation for her to be able to tell you, what does that look like for you, mom? When is the right time in your mind? And parents will always say sooner than kids are, are willing to, Yeah. but having those conversations and say, what does that look like? And what are you comfortable with? If you cannot act for yourself, if you're no longer thinking clearly, if your mind starts to go the way of your body, what do you want me to do? And take that counsel seriously and be willing to have those conversations as hard as they are.
1: Well, I'm Kristen Charles, and it is time for me to go downstairs and have a conversation with my parents. And I appreciate the insight, Abe, and you letting me share today with all of our listeners and hopefully listening today You get something out of this, maybe to have those conversations in advance or to know that putting that burden on yourself to be careful with it and don't stress yourself out as a caregiver, but also be lucky enough to work with people that give you grace like Abe.
0: Thank you everyone for listening and especially to Kristen today for sharing some very personal details. I know it helps. There's going to be people that you help today, Kristen, by being so vulnerable. So thank you for that. Find out more at AshtonWealth.com.
1: Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by retirement wealth advisors.
0: Eric Nimmer is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. Ashton & Associates, Retirement Wealth Advisors, and this radio station are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed,
1: may be worth more or less than when originally invested.